tell you, the Bible says that this day right here is the day that the Lord has made. And by the fact that the Lord made the day is proof that you and I have to respond to it. And that is by rejoicing and being glad in it, all right? Now, you may have thought that you've rejoiced some, and you have. And we can do that again, but what I can't do for anybody here is be glad. Now, if you're not glad before we look at anything, we need to talk about that for just a second. Because I want to tell you what happened 2,000 years ago. And that is that before you were born, before you had a chance to do something good, given an offering, to read your Bible, go to church, teach a Sunday school class, or anything, Jesus knew that you would be here today. Jesus knew that you would go through struggles. He knew that you would go through heartaches. He knew that people would do things that you didn't ask them to do, but they did it anyway. And he knew that there'd be times that you would kind of ignore him and maybe fit him in and work him in as to when it worked out for your interest. He also knew that there would be days when you wouldn't even acknowledge him at all. I, I, let me say we. I don't want you to think I'm talking to you. I'm talking to us. He also knew that there would be opportunity after opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. What I did is not working. What I've been doing will not work. And he knew that some of us would say yes to that, but th then he knew that some of us would just still keep it kind of right here in our head. And you know what he did about that 2,000 years ago? He went and died for you anyway. He took all that into consideration and let it go right over his back. And the Bible says that even though we were still, while, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. And you still may not be glad because you may be measuring your gladness on how good things are. You can't do that, folks. You cannot, you cannot put a holy God and how much he sacrificed and loved you right here and try to put anything else into comparison with that. Your best, your worst, you can't. You can't measure the goodness of God. So that's why the Bible says the Lord made this day and let you live to see it. So you are to rejoice and be glad in that. So you still may not have him as your Lord and Savior, but what you can do is this right now. I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to be alive. Anybody else glad to be alive? Anybody else glad to be inside of the church instead of in the parking lot or on a phone today? I'm glad. You see, I remember being in here feeling alone, feeling weird because you were not here. I haven't forgotten that because I know that's not too far 
uh, in the future again. But today, I can be glad that I'm back in the house of God with the people of God. So I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. Yes, I am. There's an old Jewish, what some believe was a Jewish custom. I don't know this for sure. But many people believe back in the early days, during the days of Jesus and before, that when you would, and there's several different variations of what I'm telling you, but when people would be invited to someone's house, if they didn't and they were served a meal, if they enjoyed the meal, they would get through eating and having uh, had dessert or whatever they did, they would ball their napkin up or their cloth and they would leave it on their plate. That let the, that let the house guest or house owner know that they really enjoyed their company. They enjoyed what they partook of. They enjoyed it. But then it's also said that if a person didn't feel welcome, and it wasn't a pleasant experience, that they would fold their napkin back up and place it there on the table. And that was, that was a, a message that said, I didn't enjoy it and I won't be back. We're told that when Jesus was resurrected and he walked out of that tomb, some many believe he folded part of that clothing, all of that clothing, and left it there as to say, I didn't enjoy it and I won't be back. But the Bible says this, even though the suffering was not good, the Bible tells me and you he did it for the joy that was before him. So even though me and you go through mess all of the time that we don't enjoy what it does to us, we can worship God through it for what it can do for us. And because Jesus walked out of a tomb without any crutches, without any wheelchairs, without an ambulance, without anybody toting him like they did, the man that was let down through the roof, because he on his own walked out of the tomb that day. The Bible says that when he came out and the same spirit that was inside of him is now inside of every believer, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of those of you that believe. And you know what? I just want to tell you what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And I want you to listen. If you have a Bible, you can turn there, but I want you to listen today. And this is my prayer on this Easter Sunday. That I may know. I'm preaching to you, but you know what my desire is? That I may know him. I don't want just you to know him. That my desire is that I may know him and the power, everybody say power, of his resurrection. That I may know him. It's okay for you to know him. And God knows this preacher prays that everybody will know him and the power of his resurrection. But I want to know him, you see. He bled for me. He took those nails for me. He took that crown of thorns for me. I want to know him. I don't want to just know his name. I don't want to frequent his house when I can. No, ma'am. No, sir. 
I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and not, not the unfortunate, not the dismal, not the awful, but I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. You see, before I read the rest of this, when we suffer for Christ, we are suffering with Christ. When you go through things in this life, you don't know why you went through them because after all, you are a blood-bought believer. The Bible says don't you be shaken by that because if you are joining in with Christ as a Christian, as a believer in moments of suffering, good Easter message so far, by the way. Suffering, suffering, good Easter message. If you are identified with him in his sufferings, that's the same as you being conformed to him in his death. And we know that what went in that tomb came out of that tomb. Amen? But he was not assaulted when he came out because he come out in the same power and glory he had, but he had finished his course. He got through with what the Father had sent him down here to do, and because he did not give up. He said, I could have called 12 legions of angels, but I didn't do it because I was going to finish what the Father trusted me to do. And when he was in that tomb, he was in that tomb, and he was there for three days, but he came out alive and resurrecting power that was in Jesus Christ now lives in me and everybody that claims and names the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So, yes, I want to know him. I don't want to know his name. I don't, know where, I don't want to know where 15301 Jim Calhoun Road is, that Jesus abides there. Nope, I want to know him. COVID-19, flu, virus, broke, happy, sad, surgery, sick, whatever. I just want to know Jesus because if I know Jesus, then I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. The Bible says this, and I'm going to paraphrase this. When you properly understand, I'm talking to everybody, and you've got to hear this now. When you properly understand uh, the resurrection and what that meant for not only him and the plan of salvation, but what it means for you. When you properly understand that every day, and if you haven't before today, I want you to know this before you leave. When you know what it means that he went in, but he came out, and because you get locked up in a grave sometimes, you get cornered, the devil seals the tomb on you sometimes. He does all this, and when you understand what happened to Jesus, it's supposed to be an ongoing thing in your life that the devil does this to us. It ought to encourage you, and it ought to incite you because there's no tomb, there's no grave, there's no vault that the devil can put you in or your mind in or your family in or your future in that the resurrecting power that lives inside of you can't get you out, friend. Paul said it like this in the 8th chapter of Romans. He said this. He said, but the spirit of him, now you've got to hear it, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Dwells in you. It dwells in you. You may say, well, I don't feel like it. It don't matter what you feel like, you see. I bet anybody would have said, well, I bet Paul don't feel like a Christian when he was being stoned to death almost, when his back was being beaten like Jesus. You don't go by what you feel. 
or you don't go by the pulse of the community or the news or the world. You go by what this book says. And that Bible right there says, but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also, and this is key to this whole day, give life not to your immortal when you're dead body, not your spirit body. He said no. But that same spirit will give life to your right now on this earth in this church mortal bodies. And that's what God wants me to make sure I make it very clear today. You can live in more victory right now than you've lived previously in your life. If you just understand, wait a minute, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. The blood of Jesus has made me a joint heir with Christ. And the same spirit that brought Jesus out of the grave is the same spirit that's living in me. And I can get up from where I am and I can walk out. My, the power of almighty God. You can do it. If you're a new believer or you hadn't been a believer or you kind of forgotten where you were, the Bible says this. Paul said, therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, old things, and I like to include all things, are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Why are they new? Because that was not the same looking Jesus that walked out of that tomb. You see, when he come out of that tomb, oh, they were not paying attention to a bloody back. They were not even paying attention to nail-scarred hands. They weren't looking to see if they could see the pricks in his head. You know why? Because when he came out, he came out in all his splendor and glory and all the eyes of the earth that were there beheld him and his beauty and people knew that he's a resurrected God. He's a resurrected Jesus. He's a resurrected Savior. And that is why you and I can walk in the newness of the life that we have left and we don't have to be bound to the old things that drag us down on a regular basis, church. You know what? And it all comes from, it all comes from this. It all comes from understanding that, that the Lord wants me to realize that the old rugged cross that he was playing, and, and, and I was about that close from singing a while ago, it, 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 wants, it, it makes me want to just think of life like this. And that is simply this, that it's okay to preach about the cross, number one. Amen. It, it's okay to go to the cross on a regular basis. Amen, it is, preacher. It's okay to always look at the cost of the cross. Amen, brother. It really is. But it's amazing. When we start talking about crucifying our flesh, when we start talking about dying, picking up our cross and following him, you know what happens? The same thing that happened in that garden on that little hill that night. Anytime you talk about crucifying the flesh, and getting rid of the man, and getting rid of bondages, and getting rid of hang-ups and all this, we do the same thing. They, people start scattering. Did you know that? They were on far for God before. They were. But you know what? Peter was froggy, and he thought, that. well, you know what? I ain't going to leave it. Jesus said, hey, man, look, that chicken ain't going to croak three times before you deny me. And so every time, every time 
I need to, but Paul said it like this, sanctify, I sanctify myself daily. Every time I need, this is bothering me, this COD I have, it's real close to OCD. Every time I, I need to nail my flesh to the cross, we talked about being broken and letting Jesus break us last week. Every time that happens, you know what? The devil shows up. He tries to give me reasons why I don't need that to go on right now. You, you, you done went to the cross a long time ago when you were in vacation Bible school 97 years ago. You told Jesus you wanted him to be your Lord and Savior. Now, you've raised all kind of cane since then, but you did it. So you need to leave the cross alone right now. Let me tell you something. We all scatter when it comes time to do homework. Amen? When it comes time to come clean and confess and get right and get real, we scatter. We're no different than all those men gathered there with Jesus that night. We run. We don't like to kill our flesh. We don't like change. We like lifestyle change, but we don't like change, do we? We don't, we don't want to make good great. We don't want to make this walk even tighter. We don't want to have an Enoch relationship where we just walk with God all the time. We don't want to be Abraham. We don't want to be a friend to God. We want to be an acquaintance of God when it's convenience. But I am telling you, you forfeit resurrecting power when you're not identified with Christ every day. Whether they leave you and they laugh at you, you lose your job, you lose your house, you even lose your spouse because they don't agree with the Jesus you're talking about. Let me tell you something. I'd rather be a friend of God than the enemy of this world any day and God will see you through to the end, church. And it's not hard to do this. In fact, we're only a few steps away from resurrection. Only a few steps away. There's just some things that's got to change. We've got to realize where we are right now. It's still good Easter message, ain't it? I ain't talking about what I'm saying. It's just good. Purple and eggs are great, but they're not going to help me draw closer to Jesus right now. Okay? So let me tell you something, folks. I've got to realize where I am. I've got to realize... That your body and your obedience is the only thing you can bring to the table. Not your mind, not when I get around to it, not I just did this. That does not move the ball forward one bit. What God wants out of every man and woman and boy and girl, I need everybody to look at me right now because I do have a wireless microphone on and my legs work and I do walk. That means I can come up in here where you are. Look, I done been 20 feet in the air and got black paint all over me. And my wife rolling her eyes. I ain't scared of you. All right? All you have, all you have is your flesh. Quit it with your mind. Quit it with your intentions. Nobody's going to get saved. You're not going to be more faithful to God with your mind and your intentions. It's like me and my fat gut not going over there to that school and working out. It ain't going to disappear on its own. You got to put legs on those intentions. You got to put hands. You got to put your knees back on the floor at the cross. If you're going to get any close, you got to realize I got to do something about this. 
I got to. There's more. There's resurrecting power living inside of me. Why do I sit around and always just seem to be okay with death? I seem to be okay with depression. I seem to be okay with anxiety. I seem to be okay with being angry with God. I seem to be okay with addiction. I seem to be okay with grief. You are in a tomb that the resurrecting power of God that's inside of you wants you to get out of. And Jesus wants me to tell you one more time today, you can get out. And we know the story. We know the story real well. This was really sweet but we can't do it this way. See, there was a while, the church, well, no, what I want to do is this. If you can, listen, there ain't one rule here. It ain't how much money you have or don't have. You can't be a part of this ministry if you can't improvise on the cuff. Do you hear me? You, if you can't, you're going to be very uncomfortable here. You're going to feel very ignorant if you can't improvise. You can fake it, and we will think you hung the moon. But if you can't improvise, oh, my Lord, help us. Anyway, so this is what we're doing. We're telling you this morning that for so long, after the day of Pentecost, the Lord Jesus, this is what he did. He did this right here. He said, I'm going away. Y'all remember that? I'm going away, but I'm going to send you a comforter. That's why that resurrecting power is so powerful inside of us. And the early church, they knew it. In fact, it was so good that they couldn't even sit down. After the upper room, they were on far again for God. They were. They could not happen because they'd been hit with the fire of heaven. It was all over them. They could not help it. It was like Jeremiah. It was like fire shut up in their bones. And they didn't care if they lost their homes. In fact, they sold their homes to help other people out. They gave away all their money because some of their brothers and sisters was in need. And they weren't going to have that. Not the family of God. They would not stand for that. So the church was on fire. They were really on fire. I mean, they, they, they couldn't even stay in the pews. They couldn't. They couldn't even sit down. They were too busy worshiping. They were too busy working for God. But over time, you, you, you know why? Because when that fire hit them, the second chapter of Acts, go home and read it again and again. When the fire of God hit them, that, that resurrecting power, it's like it, it had turbo boost on it. But here's what happened. That group, that's 2,000 years ago, over time, that church... That church, gradually, they believed every lie the devil told them. My marriage is going down. My children don't love me. The doctor said, this is wrong with me. My family don't care one thing about me. Well, people at church talk about me. I've been uh, unfriended on Facebook. I uh, don't know how I'm going to eat next week. The preacher got his stimulus check, and I didn't. And over time, over time, the church that used to be out here, it let the devil lock them back up, lock us back up. You hear me? Lock us back up. By the way, I tithed my stimulus check. He didn't have to give it to me. Just saying. Uh, anyway, 
And so here we are, right here. That's why we did the scaffold this morning. I can't get my mind off the cross. Can't get my mind off the cross. And the whole time I think about the cross, and I think about, wait a minute, the same power? You mean the same power that's in Jesus is in me? And then I want to say multitude. What, what, what are we doing? Yeah, I know you got hurt. I know that happened to you. I know you lost everything. But wait a minute. We're in the same family, and we've got an edge the world don't have. We've got resurrecting power inside of us. And so we start talking about it again. We talk about it on Easter Sunday morning, and then all of a sudden we start speaking to things that are not as though they were, and all of a sudden here we go again. The church says, wait, if that same power that's in God is in me and it's in my body, it's in my spirit, wait a minute, here we are, here I am. Here I am. And we're going to come out here. Yes. As for me and my house, we're going to praise the Lord because there's no weapon that's formed against me that will prosper or will it prevail. No weapon. No weapon. Listen, this right here, you don't hear about this anymore. You don't hear it at all anymore. But this is not supposed to be a pageant. This is not supposed to be a cool, fun place to come to. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be full of the glory of God and all this. But this is supposed to be the place where if God wants to do miracle after miracle, the people love him and have crucified them so much, themselves so much that the Lord can heal a marriage. He can heal a bad limb. He can completely take stage four cancer like we've seen him do it before. And he can make it dissolve. He can take people that had their death sentence written out on paper to them. He can wad it up and throw it away. He can get people off of drugs. He can get people back on their feet. God can do that. We've seen that happen many times in this place. But I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. We got to get out of that tomb and we got to do it today. Because this can be a house of miracles. This don't have to be just a worship house or a church looking house. This can be a house of miracles. I'm going to ask you to stand if you will because this is what God wants to do. I don't believe there's a dozen or two dozen. I believe there's a room full of people that there's something inside of you nobody possibly knows. It's in a tomb. You don't know what to do about it. In fact, you're thinking about going to, back to alcohol. I just said something to somebody in this room, and I don't even know who you are. You think since you are a failure, you're just going to cut everybody off. You think because it hadn't worked one or two or three times that, well, I might as well just wait and see what happens. The day God wants to intervene in your life, in your marriage, in your mind, in your body, in every single person. I know there's a few people here, but listen to me. Every single person in here, I want you to do something that will make all the difference in the world to you. I want you to say, God, there's room at this altar and all this. We got a song, and it's on purpose going to be on this screen today. But this is a time of resurrection. And you know what? In fact, let me before we do that, can I do one thing, Derek? We are so good at talking about resurrection 
we know it really good. Three days he come out of the tomb, and they rolled away the tomb, and then we, we got it down. I mean, sinners can tell you the story. But you know what the devil, he hates? He hates a church. He hates a people that know all about resurrection in the life of Jesus, but they also know about resurrection power in their own life. And he hates that because we think of resurrection, but he thinks of insurrection. Let me show you what that means real quick. If you look up here in the yellow, because when you've got a resurrected brother or sister, oh, that means that they can cause an insurrection in the kingdom of darkness. What does that mean? That's a violent uprising against an authority. See, Satan has no power over a child of God that understands who you are and what's inside of you. The last thing hell wants any of us to do today is walk out of here regardless of our past and cause an insurrection in hell. He wants you to make it easy for demons and imps and all these principalities. He wants you to continue to make it easy without any resistance. But God has let me know today that he's going to help people come out of a grave. Somebody, He's going to help a church come out. He's going to help a church be revived all over again. This is a house of worship. I want you to think about this as we begin this moment of worship before we go home. See, we won't be able to redo this. And by the way, while I was getting dressed about 5.30 this morning, this is going to throw a wrench. I know it is, but here's the wrench. I'm going to be in here praying at 6 tomorrow night from 6 to 7. It's open if you want to come. No reminder, no text, nothing. I'm telling you right now, if it's got your name on it, come get you some. So if, if I don't know if we can play that video, but as it begins to play, I want every, every man, every woman, every, every scar, every hurt, every failure that still seems not to leave you alone, that needs to come out of the, the ground, the tomb. And you want to be part of a house of miracles. I'm just going to ask you to come find a place. We're going to turn the music up, and this is just your time with the Lord while we worship. This is a house of healing. Hallelujah. Our hearts are full of faith. You have our full attention. Hallelujah. You have the final say. Listen to this as we pray.
That's us. person in this room, every person online, God, right now, I lift them up to you. Lord, there is no situation that is greater than you. There is no problem, Lord, that you have not addressed and cannot get us through it, Lord. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that's too difficult for you, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, any and every person that's not a believer they played around with the idea of you Lord they've thought about being a believer they've even so-called tried it Lord it doesn't work that way Lord you said when we taste you and see that you're good Lord we just we just want that we don't want something like that we don't want artificial flavoring we want you Lord we want you, Lord. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Anybody right now that you're dealing with, you've been dealing with, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I don't want to spend another second. I, I'm in church today. 
I got to come this year. We couldn't do it last year. And Lord, today, I want to give you my life. I hate to think you went through all that on a cross for me just to treat it lightly when it's so precious. I can not only have my past completely forgotten and washed away, Lord, in your sight, you'll never even remember it anymore. Lord, you can make the rest of my life brand new. If that's you, the Lord wants to save you. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I believe. Forgive me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I will spend the rest of my life living and walking in that resurrection power. I'll crucify. I won't run when I need to do something with my my body, my tongue, my attitude, my eyes, my mouth, my ears. God, whatever part of me needs crucifying. I won't run from it, God, but I'll deal with it. The Bible says if you do that, the Lord's faithful and just. If you're watching this online, there's a number to text on screen as well as a web address where we can give you help right now, and we want to help you. We have it in the house. If you're here with us in the building, most of all, we can help pray for you. The Bible says that as the deer pants for the water, that's the way my soul needs to be for him. I just need to, I want the Lord. And you know, a lot of people say, well, it's hard. <clears throat> Is it supposed to be hard? Is that what you're saying? It's got to be hard every day? No. It doesn't mean things won't be hard. It just means every day of my life, I'm going to be hungry. We do a song once in a blue moon that just says more of you. I've had it all, but what I need is more of you. Of things I've had my fill, yet I hunger still. Empty and bare, Lord, hear my prayer for more of you. And you know what? I'm going to let you go home on one scripture that's been quoted, I don't know how many times since March of last year. It's actually 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. The first word gives the whole verse away, and that is if. The Lord puts the requirement right up front. It's not hidden way away in Scripture, but he puts it right up front. He says if, and this is a Scripture. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to us. He says if my people, my people, which are called by my name, Christians, Christians, if my people, y'all know, you, you, you say, uh, uh, ain't them some of your people? Them ain't none of my people. But the Lord says no. The Lord says, if my people, see, he's still not ashamed to call me his, even when I mess it all up. If my people, if, just only if, my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. That's where that old cross Crucifying comes in. Do we stay and deal with it or do we run? If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He's talking about his people. He said, turn, he said then I will hear from heaven. Here it goes. There it's done. There you go. I just fixed it. It's better now. It's never going to be the same. I'm giving. I'll, I'll, he said, I'll hear from heaven. God will say, do it, son. Go on and give it. Give it. Make it happen right now. He said, I'll hear from heaven. And he, then he goes on to say, not only would he 
hear from heaven, but, but he would forgive your sins. See, that's what, get, that's what gets us in that thing right there. Back here, our sins. Our, our, we, we cover them up. We make excuses. Our sins get us there. Come on now, I'm being real. Our sins get us there. We don't realize who we are. He said, but I'll forgive your sins, and then here we go. Planet Earth, I'll heal your land. Anybody agree that land kind of needs a little tut, a little scrubbing right now? Oh, I think it needs a little doctoring up. That's what they used to say when you got hurt. You need a little doctoring up. I, I think it needs a lot of doctoring up. So this is what we're going to do. We, we're going to do that. We're going to decide what we're going to do with if. That's, that's the whole Easter message right there. Why don't you, you do that about 30 minutes ago then? Because you have to do a lot of this right here to get to that. Amen? You've got to do a lot of that. If my people, th th that's where the resurrection power is, right there. Father, I pray you let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. I know when I say that scripture right there, Lord, I pray this prayer. When my speech is acceptable in your sight, I'm going to be accused of hate crimes. I'm going to be uh, accused of being homophobic. I'm going to be accused of being narrow-minded. But Lord, you'll see me as sold out exclusively to you. So, Lord, I pray this morning that let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the things I just think about, I contemplate that nobody sees. I pray that the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight because you are my strength and my redeemer. And the people of God said, Amen. All right, give him a hand, but don't move.